Previously on Cast in Wax. In order to compensate for the other diner's infuriating tallness, we will now all wear six-inch heels. Except for you, Steve. But the magical time traveler known as Bill's death wish was only overshadowed by the still-ever-present desire to drink alcohol. I'll be back with the story of how the good professor found his beloved pet in episode three of Kentwood. Fine, I'll write a letter asking where Rory Sinjin's segments are coming from since he's dead. That is it! I am out of here! Very well. See you later, son. Take your time, Nathan. God! All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to marry Diogenes Sinjin, even though he wants to have lots of gay sex with me, because he has promised me that he is very sick and he will probably die very soon. A run for rank. Aaron talks. He gets a hit with electrical shocks. Hello and welcome to Cast and Wax. This is a uh, special episode. Uh, they're all special episodes, aren't they? Because they're so far apart. I'm sorry for that. I'm really sorry. I'm doing my best. I'm trying really hard to stick to the two episodes a month rule. And uh, this one is getting in. This is making it. July 29th. That means it's it's still in July. So I'm in the, the t- two in July. I just uh, I don't know how I'm going to catch up. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's move on. This is a special episode, not just because they're so far apart, three weeks apart, but also because a big uh, event happened in those three weeks, and in fact, just happened um, this weekend. Uh, what happened was one of our own, Mr. Frank Allen, got married. I'm pausing for applause, assuming that you're clapping for him. Um, but that means he's not here with us. He's on his honeymoon. So today here in the podcast zone, whatever you want to call it, it's just me and Scape. Hello, guy. How are you doing today? I'm good, Scapey. Thank you for asking. Well, you're welcome. So, Fredo got married. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, um, what does that mean? Well, you, I mean, ooh, you know how Mom and I are married? Yeah. Well, it's like that. So, okay, so, so he's in love? Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> no. Is that? I don't think he is. Well, let's not talk about that too much, but let's talk about, um, before we, we get to everything else, it's a very big jam-packed episode. We've got three of our normal serials. We've also got an enormous longest episode ever of Frank Advice that Frank recorded on his way to his honeymoon, which is where he is right now, um, with his, uh, with his, uh, husband, Diogenes Sinjin. So we're going to play that. Um, but, but what we're going to do is I'm just going to do me and Scape are going to talk at the beginning. Then we're going to say goodbye to you. We're going to play the shows with little bonus things between them, like uh, This Day in History, Where Are They Now in History? And then we're going to end the show with Frank Advice, because it's so long that we're just going to let that wrap everything up, okay? Um, but there is going to be little bonus things throughout, so check it out and enjoy it, and um, hopefully you'll like it. But for now, let's kick off the show with me and Scape talking. So for Scape, uh, as you know, I went to uh, Frank Allen's wedding. Uh, you weren't invited. Yeah. I thought that was kind of unfair. Well, I I know, but uh, apparently Mr. Sinjin is allergic to cats, so he didn't want any cats at the uh, wedding. And to be honest with you, Frank didn't want you at the wedding either. What a jerk! Well, no, Frank didn't want us at the wedding. Frank didn't want to bring anyone that he knew to the wedding, but um, his husband kind of guilted him into it. Uh, So he invited us. I I think that we're the only people he knew, me and Devin, that were there. Um, it was, it was nah, nice, I guess. It was very expensive seeming and the, 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 the reception was amazing. The food was so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Frank looked uncomfortable 
the whole time. Um, oh, why did he? Why was he uncomfortable? Well, it might have been because he had to wear a suit. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't like to wear anything. Right, right. I know. Um, but I, you know what? I don't really think. I don't really think that's why. Um, at any rate, it was it was nice to get a free meal. It was very good steak. I really liked the steak. The lobster bisque was terrific. There was shrimp. There, it was an exquisite uh, uh, banquet. Um, and you would have loved that, too, because you like meat and, and fish and things. Yeah, I, I really wish you could have let me go. I know, but you're not, I'm not allowed to just show up with a cat. It would have made, I mean, it could have made, could have made, could have made Mr. Sinjin sick. Whatever, I guess. No, it's, I mean, it's true. So, anyway, uh, enough about that. You'll hear a lot more about uh, the wedding, I'm sure, in, in the Frank advice. I haven't listened to it yet, but I've seen that it's long. So I'm sure they'll talk about that a bit. Um, let's move on to some other little things. Uh, we, we got some letters here. Um, we got a few letters uh, to the podcast. Here's one. Um, Dear Mr. White, I regret to inform you that in the execution of my daily duties, I discovered that some materials designated unsafe for mailing, that the package they were in bore a return address indicating the office of a podcast headquartered in your apartment. Okay, this is a little poorly written, but um, I do not know why a podcast office would feel the need to mail hookworm-infested illegally imported Russian caviar, so we do not know yet whether to prosecute you or insist on investigation of some fraudster. Can you prove you were not mailing the caviar? Thank you, Danny Nkrumah. Well, um, and he's a postal inspector. It says, Mr. Nkrumah, um, I didn't send that. Uh, someone else sent it. I don't know why they put my address as the return address. Um, the part that it confuses me is that it was infested with hookworms. That's disgusting. What's a hookworm? Well, a hookworm is that thing that Frank Allen had. Remember, it's like a little worm that lives inside of your body. And I, 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 Frank Allen had hookworm, and then he mailed that caviar. So I'm sure it was a mistake, sir. I, I, I'm sure he didn't mean to 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 mail hookworm caviar. Uh, Although, I mean, I don't know why he would get a hookworm into the caviar, but he at one point had hookworm, although this was a while ago, and he also, I don't know, again, he was trying to mail that to his husband. That explains why it didn't get to him, but um, I'm sure he didn't mean to infest it with hookworm. Whoever, however it got infested with hookworms, that's, I'm sure, was an accident. Um, please, just dispose of it. I mean, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but if you are, just dispose of it. You know, we don't need it, um, and, and we didn't mean to send it. It was, it was entirely unknowing, and I didn't send it at all. But um, the person who sent it didn't mean to send hookworm. Oh, well, I said, Dad, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? What's the matter? I'm just, I'm very confused about the sending hookworm. That's like a sickness. How can you send sickness? No, it, it is a little worm. It, it, he's saying that there was a little worm inside the caviar. What's caviar? Caviar is like fish eggs. Wait, fish eggs? Yeah, yeah. So like fish mixed with eggs? Well, I mean, no. Fish egg, eggs that fish come out of. Fish come out of eggs? Uh, yeah, that's how they, that's how they're born. Let's make some eggs. Come on. No, no. The eggs that we have in the, in the kitchen are chicken eggs. <laughs> that's even better. Let's do that. Let's, let's, you want to eat eggs? I want to eat chickens. Let's make baby chickens. I want to eat them whole. No, we can't. Okay. You can't make baby chickens out of chicken eggs. I mean, you can, but not the ones that you buy in a store because they're not fertilized. Right, 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 right. Okay. Fertilized. Yeah, they, they, you need to have... Certain things have to happen in order for a baby to be had. And it involves poop? What? No. What are, what are you talking about? That's what fertilizer is. Okay, yes. Fertilizer is poop, but that's not... We don't... You don't put an egg in fertilizer to fertilize an egg. Uh, are you sure? Well, yes, I I am sure. That's not how you fertilize an egg. There's more than one way to fertilize something. It, fertilize means to make fertile. That's what eyes means, to make. Wait, eyes means to make? Yeah, like, so So fertilize means, like, to make fertile, fertile eyes. And fertilizer is a thing that makes something fertile, so it's fertilizer. Dad, eyes? 
to make. Yes. So you got to make in your face? That's poop too! No, no, escape. You don't make in your... Okay, the the, the the eyes in your face are spelled differently than the eyes at the end of fertilize. Wait, what? it's spelled different than eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's totally spelled spelled total one one is um E Y E, one is I Z E. Wait, th- wait, Dad, Dad, Dad What? <laughs> what? I don't know why you're laughing. Dad, Dad. I'll tell you how to spell eyes. <laughs> okay. I I mean I know. Yeah, but no, I don't think you do. Well, I do. No, you can't. You spell it I I. You're saying you spell eyes I I because there's two eyes, and that's I I is eyes. Yeah. I I. What? To make? What? No, I said I I like I I Captain. Like I agree with you. Wait. So I I means I agree with you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're on a boat and the captain says, uh, first mate Scapey, you know, go go swab the poop deck." This is all about poop. No. <laughs> No, escape. It's not about poop. Okay. Um, I, I, is it, he'd say swap the poop deck and you go, I, I. To make on the poop deck? Well, <laughs> well, it's better than, better than on your face. But no, it's different kind of eyes. So if I say, okay, if I make something trivial, then I trivialize it. You know? So if I, uh, if I make something. If you make something stupid, you stupidize it. It's like you're looking at it with stupid eyes. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It's different. The eyes in your face are different than the eyes at the end. The, the eyes that means to make. And it's not spelled I. No, that one is spelled I Z E. Z. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a Z in that one. Oh, come on. Anyway, Dad. So let's put the poop on the eggs, and then we get to eat chicken. No, I'm that that going back a few parts of the conversation. That's not what. That's not how you make a chicken. You just. You you have to fertilize it, but not with fertilizer. Fertilizer is what fertilizes. Dad. In some case, it fertilizes the ground by making the ground fertile. You can grow chickens out of the ground. No, fertilizer has nothing to do with chickens. There's you okay. Fertilizer is to fertilize for plants. Ah. Yeah, you don't like plants. Well, I don't care about plants. Right. So the only thing that can fertilize an egg to make a chicken is a chicken. What? Wait, you gotta have a chicken to make a chicken? Yeah, it's just, it's just like, just like money. You gotta have money to make money. Come on. Escape. We didn't send the caviar. Okay, let's move on to our second letter. Uh, dear Cast and Wax, being familiar with time travel, we are well aware of the fluidity and malleability of certain events. And with this in mind, we hope this has reached your podcast in a timely manner. Through our adventures of time travel, we have come across a few static facts that are always true and unchanging. These are, one, never have sex with Oscar Wilde, and two, Thomas Edison is an asshole. For what kind of man, other than an asshole, would not look out for the well-being of his stepson? He's a time traveler. He knows of Rory Sinjin's impending heart attack, and it is coming. Seriously, Rory, get that ticker checked out. What kind of an asshole doesn't suggest a diet or exercise change or even attempt to get the only child of the woman he purportedly loves to go to a doctor when he, through the magic of time travel, understands that this child has a time bomb in his chest? Thomas Edison, king of the dicks. That's who. Thank you for your time, Margot Mansfield, Will Blydell, and James Augustus Adler. Um, thank you for writing in. Uh, it's, time travel is one of my favorite things in the world. Unfortunately, you did kind of mess up. Roy's already dead, so. Yeah, Roy's already dead! You, you messed it up! Well, Escape, be nice about it. We, we understand, we appreciate your concern, and we wish you had written to us sooner because it would have been nice to know he was gonna have a heart attack and then try to protect him from it. As for blaming Thomas, I mean, Thomas is a time traveler, that is true. So, he 
presumably kind of should have at least kind of sort of known that this was coming. But maybe he's like obligated, you know, not to interfere, except that he did kind of marry his mother. And so I don't know. I don't know how it works. Maybe he has a book that tells him what to do, like which things he's allowed to. I'm justifying him now. I, I, I shouldn't. Uh, Thomas, if you're listening, we'd love to hear your response. I, I don't know if you um, have anything to say that could contradict this. At any rate, um, thank you for writing into us, uh, Ms. Mansfield, Mr. Blydell, Mr. Adler. Um, it's always good to hear fans. I, I, I hope it's not confusing to you to listen to the podcast out of order. Why would they listen to it out of order? Well, because if they're jumping through time, then whenever they land in different places, they hear like different episodes. No, Dad, it's just... You just jump to the end, then you download them all when it's over. When it's over? Yeah. Well, I I don't I didn't I don't want the podcast to end. Oh, well then I guess they could never get to the end. Well, I mean I guess I guess eventually I, it ha- has to end because eventually I'll die too. Oh, how come you're gonna die? Well, I I mean I I mean I don't I don't know I mean I, because I'm I'm unhealthy. What? Well, I mean I'm I mean I'm kind of a fat guy and I don't exercise a lot. Well, Dad, you should stop. Stop exercising? No, stop being a fat guy. Well, it's not that easy, jerk. Ugh, it was easy for me. You were never a fat guy. I know, it's pretty easy. Escape. I mean, it's not like I know that I'm going to die. It's not like I saw a doctor and the doctor said, you're going to die. Well, then maybe you're not. Well, no, because I everybody is going to... Everybody's going to die. What? Is there like a meteor coming or something? Or? No, not like... Again, not like I have a deadline and I know, hey, there's this thing that's going to kill everyone. It's just that everyone is going to die eventually. That's a thing that is true. How do you know? Well, it's just because everyone who has lived has died so far, except the ones who are still alive. That's a big, that's a big part of them that hasn't died. Yeah, but they, everybody has, okay, everybody has died within a certain time span, except the people who have not died yet but who are also not outside of that time span. So they're going to die too. And then there will be other people, but they will also die within a certain time span, et cetera, et cetera. All, you know, cats, I mean, all... Wow, I don't want to talk about this. Talk about what? Uh, that, you know, all creatures on Earth have like a certain life expectancy that they can expect before which they will probably die. Like if there's an average lifespan that... For each kind of creature, like a human or a you know dog or a cow or whatever, and as they ap- approach that, you know they. So I mean, I'm only 33 right now, um, but you know, I mean, f- first of all, I'm I'm not that healthy of a person. So I, I mean, while I hope I don't die anytime soon, I I I think it seems less likely that I will live to be a hundred years old, which some people do do, but not. Too many. I think, I think, what is the, you know, 60, 70, 80 around there is when people start, you know, dying off. Wow, that's, that's right. You're almost there. Well, I mean, not almost. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway to 60. I'm more than halfway to 60. But I, again, people don't die at 60 most of the time. Like a lot, some, some of them do and some of them, but then more of them go on and they go, you know. Wow, that's, dad, that's, you're getting across. That's, I would be worried. Well, I'm not, I don't, okay. I don't think I need to be worried. Okay. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I mean, the fact that you're saying the podcast does end means I do die someday. Are you going to do the podcast right up until you die? Well, not like, I mean, realistically, no, probably not. I, I probably will stop doing the podcast before I die. Well, you have to, because you can't do it after you die. Well, I mean, a good deal of time. I will probably not be doing this podcast till I'm 60, even. That's when you're going to die. No, I'm not. I'm, escape, this 
topic is uncomfortable, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay? Okay. You brought it up. No, they brought it, they brought it up. All right. Um, I got another letter here. Let's read this one. Um, dear podcast, I'm a little confused. Last week you said this wasn't actually cast in wanks, and it wasn't supposed to be porn, and you thought I had tuned into the wrong thing. Then you spent the whole thing talking about gay sex. I mean, that's pretty porny. Was that some kind of joke, or am I that influential a listener? Because the gay sex talk was great. Paul Orman. Um, that was a coincidence. That was a coincidence, Paul. Uh, you happened to write in at a time when things that have a lot to do with gay sex are happening, like a gay marriage. So, I'll be honest with you, me and Scape are not going to talk about gay sex anymore, but, you know, in a little bit, there's going to be this frank advice that's going to be between a newlywed husband and a husband, and so who knows what they're going to talk about. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll enjoy that. Where's gay sex? Okay, really? You're going to... I'm going to ask me what gay sex is. Okay. Um, so you know how, oh gosh, I don't, I don't think I want to, okay. I'm going to do this really clean. I'm going to, I'm going to explain this in the cleanest way possible in the, the less erotic way, the least erotic way I can think of, um, clinically, but not even graphically clinically. Okay. So scape, do you know how me and Devin love each other? La la la. Okay. And you know how like there's sometimes people have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Perf. No, I mean, like, I mean, a boy has a girlfriend and a girl has a boyfriend. Right, right, right. So, without getting into detail. Right. No, no, without getting into detail, um, there's a thing that a, a guy and a girl do together called sex, which they, I mean, they sometimes do because they love each other. They sometimes do because it's fun. It, like, I don't want to get into the politics of that right now. But it's a thing that they do that's kind of, well, let's call it private. I mean, depending on their kinkiness. They're, it's something private, let's say. And um, a guy and a girl will do this. But sometimes in the world, there are gay people. And what, what that means is it's a person who is a man who is attracted to another man or who wants to be boyfriend and boyfriend with a man or husband and husband with a man. And the same happens with women. There's a girlfriend and girlfriend or a, uh, a girlfriend, I mean, a, a, a wife and a wife. The point is they, they are not opposite sexes. They're the same sex. Wait, what? Opposite sexes and same sex? Sex is the, the private folk. <sighs> okay. They're not the opposite. Uh, right. Because sex means, sex is also, okay. I don't want to get into that. Let's just say, okay, sex is the thing that you do. And it's a thing usually, well, I don't want to say usually either. Oh, man, this is a political minefield. At the beginning of my, my explanation, I was describing a someone of the male gender and the female gender. And they get together and they have this private thing called sex that they like to do because they love each other or for fun. But sometimes two people of the same gender, one who's a male with another male or one who's a female with another female, say, we also would like to engage in sex. Now, the sex that we will engage in ha uh, will almost positively be in some way different than the sex between the two genders because, well... We have uh, two similar genders. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. Okay. You know when you when you know when you you hump that doll? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty good. Right. It's like that, except two gay people doing it. Okay, I got it. Good. Um. Right. Let's move on. Uh, we've got one more letter, which is good because we're we're getting uh, we're getting a good amount of uh, stuff up here up front, and like I said, we've got so much to listen to, so much. So let's get right into this. Um, our final letter. And it comes to us uh, from someone that a lot of people have been wondering about. And I think this email might answer a few questions that a lot of people uh, have, have been asking. And I know a lot of people on the podcast have been asking it. So I'm sure a lot of the listeners have been asking it as well. Uh, Dear Jordan, 
I must admit I was surprised to get your email since I thought you were going to comply with Rory's last wishes that you not look into where these recordings have been coming from. That being said, I can understand your curiosity. Getting new episodes of a show every week and not knowing where they're coming from could drive a person mad. So I do understand and forgive you, even though you are expressly going against the wishes of your dead friend whose only wish when he died was that you respect his privacy and not look into his personal affairs. Okay, now I'm, I'm feeling a little guilty, but all right. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next paragraph. Um, hello, my name is Reginald St. Clair. I'm a distant relation of Rory's, his cousin. Uh, we met a few years back when he was looking into his genealogy and have been wonderful friends ever since, although the long-distance variety. We have, however, had a long and fruitful email correspondence throughout those years, of which I have many documents to prove that this is in fact true. To quell your curiosity, yes, it was in fact I to whom Rory left his entire and substantial estate when he died. I do want to leave the poor man some privacy, so I won't go into detail about what he asked me to do with that fortune, but trust me to say that I have followed the letter of his will exactly and have spent the money just as he had wished. As to the where are they now in histories that you've been playing, yes, they were in fact recorded before Rory died using his extensive historical knowledge to talk about things that are going to happen before they happened, but I ask that you now respect his wishes and look into it no further than this, for indeed, even this much is something he would not have liked you to have heard. I am glad that I am able to help your podcast in some way, and this contribution of handing over the files that Rory has pre-recorded has excited me greatly. I hope to continue to do so for the rest of the entire podcast life, but again, ask that you contact me no further with any questions about Rory, our relationship, or the things that he wished upon his death. Thank you very much, R. St. Clair. P.S. As I write this, I realize that you are probably calling me St. Clair because of the way my name is spelled, but I caution you that it is meant to be pronounced Sinclair, as in S-I-N, uh, much the way Rory's name was pronounced Sinjin. Oh, uh, sorry about that, Reggie. Um... I apologize. Uh, well, thank you for writing into us. Uh, wow. So, so really, so th th these things really were all recorded by Rory ahead of time. But I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm fascinated by this that you're his cousin that he just met a few years ago and you've been talking since then. Like, I mean, that's kind of an amazing story. And I, I'll be honest with you. I miss Rory and I'd really love to talk to you about him. So, I mean, I know you're saying don't contact you, but I, I can't, I can't help it. I miss him, and I, I like to think that you miss him too. Let's, let's get together. I'm, well, I mean, we probably can't get together. I'm sure you're really far away. You said you were a long distance correspondent of his, but I mean, wherever you are, you know, we could Skype. We could tr maybe Skype in something like that, or, or maybe Frank, when he gets back, can interview you. That would be sort of fun. It would be lo lovely to hear from one of Rory's relatives, you know, other than, than Thomas, uh, or his mother. Um, you know, don't don't cut us off so quickly. I, again, we really liked Rory. Rory really liked us. You know, it's. I think I think we're, we we were to to cut us off is is to close the door to a possibility of a friendship. Plus, you know, I mean, I I just I just I just want to know more. I mean, can you give us a little bit more than that? He says it as I want to. I know, Skate, but don't you miss Rory? <sighs> no. Well, that's mean. Why would I miss Rory? Because he died. Yeah, but do you miss people when they're dead? Well, yeah. Oh. I think you miss people when they go away. Yeah, death is like the biggest going away of all. I mean, they go away and they never come back. Hmm. Okay. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, then, then okay, we should be friends with, with Reggie Sinclair. Then we would have a new friend instead of Rory. Well, I'm not trying to, re I'm not trying to replace Rory. I'm just saying, 
you know, we should get together. We're all friends of Roy's. We'd love to have you on the podcast to hear what you have to say about him and, you know, have a little tribute to our fallen friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did he fell? That's how he died? No, it's, that's a metaphor. He died, I mean, he did probably fall over when he died. He had a heart attack, but I, uh, that's not, it didn't kill him. The fall didn't kill him. Well, no, I mean, you, when you fall, you land on your feet. No, when, when you fall, you land on your feet. When we fall, we don't always, okay. You know what? Why am I even doing this? Thank you all for writing into us. I, you know, I, you know what I didn't say at the beginning of the podcast was please write into us. My name is Jordan D. White. Our, our email here is castinwax at gmail.com. Please write into us. If you think I'm not talking to you, you're wrong. I'm talking to you. You can write in, you know, say what you want. You know, t- talk to me about what we should do on the podcast. I mean, do you think we should get together with Reggie? You know, do you think, um, Frank was right to get married? Um, hopefully he'll hear how that went. Uh, and frank advice. So here's what's coming up right now. We're going to kick things off with an episode of The Diner. Then we're going to launch into the new series Kentwood with episode three of that. After that, a lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. And then we're going to close things out with frank advice. And then in between, of course, you'll get Where Are They Now in History? You'll get This Day in History. And you'll get a couple of random uh, little goofy things. Enjoy. And uh, until next time, I will be seeing you. The Diner, created by Angela Schwartz, written by Daniel and Angela Schwartz, and Charles Berman. Season 2, Episode 2, The Episode of The Diner. Sometimes when you own a diner, you need to sabotage another diner to succeed as a diner owner at your diner, where people dine. And sometimes that other diner is owned by your ex-wife, and next door, and six inches taller. Six stupid inches taller than yours. Sabotage is a French word, so it's classy, and dirty, and foreign. So sometimes you need to get your least favorite employee to build a fort in the woods on your roof. Get your least fa- Are you talking to me, Matt? On the contrary, I am talking about you. There's a difference. Namely that I don't have to talk to you. Okay, if you don't have to talk to me, then I'm gonna go to work at my real job and put these muffins in the oven. On the contrary, Jan. You already said that. I say lots of things, Jan. I've said sarsaparilla seven times already this year. Had you been keeping track? And codswallop, which isn't even a real word. And now I am telling you to build me a fort in the woods on my roof. Why are there woods? Why aren't there woods is the question I was asking before I put some woods there. Is this some way to try and attract lumberjacks like your age array for the geriatric octogenarians? Now you're making up word, which is my job as manager and as thesaurus. Asaurus. Are we also making up dinosaurs? I am! And now that our building is taller, thanks to the forest, I need someone to build me a fort. Did I hear you say you needed someone? I need Mrs. McQuickskittle to build me a fort in the woods on the roof. I can build you a fort. Good. I need someone with fewer girly arms than Jan. Do you mean less girly arms? Ha! 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 If I meant things that weren't what I said that I meant, I wouldn't have said them that I meant them. Do you need me to draw you a map? How thick are the woods on the roof? Irrelevant! Now, do as I meant. Steve, fort. Jan, something away from me, and I'm off to toilet paper Ruth's diner's bathroom, with toilet paper, in the bathroom, like a prank. Well, I guess I better get the grappling hook gun. And I better finish opening before people start showing up. What's wrong? Do we not have a narrator today? Apparently, Matt is doing that today. That's weird. You're telling me, guy. The chairs are stuck to the tables. What the flaming tinkle turd? 
Oh, here's a note, written in Ruth's voice. Dear Mini Diner, dinette, if you will, and you must, sometimes when you own a diner, you need to sabotage a taller, more manly diner next door to make yourself feel adequate as a man or a diner run by a man who is stupid. And therefore, you have no choice but to put a kick me sign on the better, taller, friendly, virile diner. And then your ex-wife needs to super glue your chairs to your tables to teach you a lesson, that is, and sit dunce-like in your corner of shame. Get your shame corner prepped, perhaps one of these corners in your diner that certainly doesn't have piles of super glue in them. Sincerely, definitely, Matthew Nichols, chump. For real. Jesus, Ruth is such a f***ing twat waffle. For real? Why would Matthew write in her voice? And she's off, rushing to the counter like someone in a hurry. The champ has a 472 average of getting waited on first in diners before 7 a.m. That average goes up to 525 on Wednesdays. That's the highest average to date since Hank Greenberg in 1930. And that's when the city had four more diners. And she hits one out of the crazy park. And it looks like she could go all the way... No Melissa on that one? Uh, no. That was a sporting. Sexing and sporting are different. One is fun, like getting to third base. And the other is sex. I require the breakfast of champions. Wheatsies? No. Eggs Benedict! Hold the eggs! Until when? When you're ready to be a parent. I'm gonna go warm that bench. Good thing, since the chairs are glued to the tables. I have committed the ultimate prank by toilet papering her bathroom. Uh, She glued the chairs to the tables and forged your voice. Damn it! I have no choice but to go back and egg her frying pans. Um, Just let the boy dream. Matthew, I built you a palace fort. There's only room for two. It's made of blankets, chairs and blankets. You said blankets twice. I know. So soft. Uh... Steve, Matt's not here. He's egging Ruth's frying pans. Uh, if that's a euphemism, I feel very competitive right now. I mean, uh, I mean, uh... You should have seen the look on her illegal immigrant workers' faces. Steve, you look like you said something innuendous. Yes, dear leader. Is my fort in the woods on my roof done? I will go check on your progress. Where is that grappling hook gun? Ah, here it is, next to the laser capable of emitting a beam of pure antimatter. Does that mean it doesn't matter? Man, I knew that grappling gun would come in handy. Eventually. Away! Steve! Steve! Can you fix the hole in the roof where the ring gets in? Ooh, a port! I'll get the stable gun. Unswallow! Stupid staple gun. I miss the grappling hook gun. Knock, knock. Who is there? It is I, Ruth, Sabotus. Oh, look, there seems to be a flaming bag upon your doorstep. You may want to come put it out with your boot. Away! This looks like a job for Flamebot, homosexual android.
can't believe Matt hired a robot. Uh, Android, he's not Union. Descending Major Third! Hey, you're my music professor, aren't you? Music theory! Yes, Jen, right? Oh, sick burn. He got your name wrong. Shut up, that is my name! So, what can I get for you? Could I get a ginger peach tea with honey and a honey ginger tea and a peach? One palindrome coming right up. (laughs) You're not really getting that, right? That was a joke. Oh, sorry, I thought you saw today's special. So, you teach music? Theory! Right. I bet that comes in handy. Oh, it does! Just last month, Christmas, I was skiing in the Swiss Alps and a band performing at my result had a harmonious conundrum. It seemed their manager had fallen ill, having been poisoned by a beautiful German spy known only as Geisteinfrau. Wow, the ghost maiden. Did you get her autograph? Yes, but it was encoded. Next thing I knew, they were frantically searching the bar for anyone who could transpose the horn section. And I said, fear not, my clock-making friends, for I teach music theory as Mark Conroy! Holy that is amazing. I know, if only I could have saved the euphonist. Done and done. This laser capable of emitting a beam of pure antimatter is even better than the grappling hook gun. Why is there poop on my shoe? It could only be. Ruth, that analropist. I had no choice but to put a bucket of water under a mop or pig's blood. In that episode of The Diner, Matthew Nichols with Daniel Schwartz. Jen was Angela Schwartz. Steve was Pete Bowers. Mike was Jordan Randall. Ruth's voice was Risa Paquette. Sportica was Rin Nelson. Ruth was Risa Paquette. Framebot was Christopher Ayers. Mark Conroy was Jordan D. White. And Guy Foley was Charles Berman. Welcome to This Day in History. My name is Roy Sinjin and this is WHRW Binghamton. On July 15th, 1971, during a live television and radio broadcast, President Richard Nixon stuns the nation by announcing he will visit communist China the following year. The statement marked a dramatic turning point in U.S.-Chinese relations. Let's listen. My fellow Americans, I have just written a letter to Chairman Mao telling him that I plan to visit his country very shortly. This will be a landmark in international relations because obviously he's a communist and I'm a Republican. Now, we can send all our people over to get their cheap midday materials, and so our children can have small plastic toys that they can play with at our end. How would you like to have a little thing with made in China on the model of every... Yes? What's the matter? The letter's just been sent back. It's been returned? What do you mean? Yes, apparently you didn't fix the proper postage. Damn it, now I can't take my vacation. I should have put the right amount of stamps on my letter to Chairman Mao. Meanwhile, in China, where is Nixon? This letter takes a long time. Yeah, jeez. We make all these cheaply made materials for him. He does nothing. We should not deliver them. Hmm. Whoa. 
Confucius say, when dirty American not follow through on promise, you need to start war with him. And because Richard Nixon did do the improper postage, he was so ashamed he had to resign as President of the United States of America. Don't let this happen to you. Make sure that when you send mail, you use the correct postage and use more postage if it's a heavy item. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But America needs a full-time president. My name is Rory Singen and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And it's true Richard Nixon did resign from the presidency because he didn't put the proper amount of postage on a certain letter that needed to go to China. But even more interesting is what happened the day after he resigned. He was walking through the White House on his way out and thought, wait a minute, there's a door I don't recognize seeing in the White House before. Where did that door come from? So he barreled through the door and found an empty room. Well, I should say, it was empty of humans, but it was not empty of items. And Nixon said, well, this room is undocumented. No one's ever seen this room before. That means as I leave the White House, I can just take whatever I want from this room and no one will be the wiser. And he saw a couple of guns sitting on a shelf and he took both the guns and he put them in his satchel. And he found some books on overcoming alcoholism and he took those and threw those in his satchel and he you know, found some comfortable pillows and a, a chandelier and a nice bottle of wine. Many, many things. And all of a sudden, a gentleman came walking back in the door, you know, rubbing his hands together as if he had just come from the restroom, you know, as if he'd walked out to the restroom, washed his hands and had been drying his hands off as he casually walked back to the door. And he came in and saw Nixon there and said, did you steal all my things? And Richard Nixon said, no, I think you will find that I am not a thief. And the angry gentleman said, well, but I had a lot of things here and I walk in and you're here and you've got a satchel. And Nixon said, no, 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 no. this satchel is not um, stolen stuff. It is, um, this was me uh, making up my final package to mail to my new address. And he tied the satchel quickly and wrote on the side of it to Richard Nixon at his, his home address. And he slapped a couple of stamps that he had on it and said, yes, see, I'm just mailing this to myself. It has nothing to do with you. And the magical gentleman whose room, in fact, this was said, all right, I, I, I suppose I believe you. But fortunately, in this case, Richard Nixon still didn't put the proper amount of postage on that package and the package was returned to sender. So make sure that you put the correct amount of postage on things or you're going to get caught in a lie for Pete's sake. My name's Rory Singen and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Kentwood. Episode 3. Alpha Dog by Jacob Thompson. Hello, I'm Dr. Daniel Sebago, and today I'll tell the story of how famed detective Dr. Eldridge Kentwood got his dog. I'm unsure if Professor Kentwood ever formed a friendship with another human being, but his affection for that dog was well known. The acquisition of the dog is a story well worth telling, because on this adventure, I learned some of Professor Kentwood's most implacable enemies. It all started when I tried to buy a dog for myself. Excuse me, madam. Do you have a laid-back, medium-sized dog that doesn't bark too much? I should do? I think that pets should have the personalities of their owners, don't you agree? I certainly do. Now, do you have what I want? 
It just seems to me that you might be in the market for a high-strung, bloodthirsty dog that barks constantly, craps everywhere, and humps his bitch every day. I guess I was wrong. You've just lost a potential customer. I'm sure you've heard the maxim that if you get good service, you tell a friend, but if you get bad service, you tell ten friends. Like you have ten friends? Ever since I started working with Professor Kentwood, I was periodically harassed by people who opposed the just and fair investigations of the good doctor. I described my encounter to Professor Kentwood and- Daniel, of all the dozens of places to purchase a domestic animal, why did you choose to descend into that nest of enemies? You mean Layla loves lapdogs, right? I am indeed. It is painfully obvious that Layla Lala, the store owner and namesake, means nothing to you. What should it mean? Two years prior, I failed her from my class for cheating. She responded to this stress by drinking herself into a stupor and blundering into traffic. Miss Lawler lost a leg from that adventure, and the medical cost dissuaded her from paying tuition and continuing her education. These two experiences left her with an artificial limb and a hatred of myself. I don't understand how a dropout deadbeat is a threat to you, even if she has an entire pet store at her disposal. She is not working alone. There is an entire network of people who claim to have been wronged by me and have sworn vengeance. Granted, there is only so much they can do so long as that stooge grackle remains in office. But remember, even fools can be dangerous in large numbers. There he is, Patrick. I get to listen to Eldridge Kentwood all day. Aren't I lucky? Quiet down when you talk about that stuff. You shouldn't talk about Dr. Kentwood if you don't have to, and you definitely shouldn't have taunted Dr. Sebago. I can't help it. He's such a dork. This organization wants to strike at Kentwood, not Sebago. Trying to destroy Dan Sebago is like Han Solo going out of his way to destroy that monkey thing that dances for Jabba the Hutt. Nerd. Excuse me, I heard that I could buy a baby hippoplatypus. You were misinformed. Somebody told me a lie. Let's see where you can get a hippoplatypus. There appears to be a few stores that sell that particular species, but they're all in deepest, darkest. Africa. Africa? I ain't going there. I live on a fixed income. This is crazy. Shh. What's that echo? Are the voices in my head angry again? We did some work on the walls, and there's an echo and stuff now. Stupid contractors. You get what you pay for and all that. If you ever want to settle for a dog or a cat, we'll be here. Daniel, this is annoying. Let us discuss matters elsewhere. Very well. We will obtrude upon the hospitality of my next-door neighbor. He has posted a sign on the door telling people to leave him alone. I doubt he will welcome us. Salutations, Professor Singh. Ah, Kentwood. I am busy. Professor Kentwood would like me to tell you that we need to use your office for a few minutes. Why? I have a problem that a mere pedagogue such as yourself will never encounter. Such is the price of ambition. Now, Daniel, the fact that my office and the office of Layla Love's lapdogs are recording each other is a manifestly untenable situation. What are we going to do about it? I've obtained a detailed map of the store from an undercover customer. Multiple wiretaps were installed, and all of them are on this map. Do your level best, however good or otherwise that may be, and try to recover all the devices you can before they do so and report us. Uh, What are you going to be doing? I shall be standing guard in my office. 
And you are? Yes, yes, I can only assume we are quite distracting, but we enjoy your company no more than you enjoy ours. While I was en route to Layla Loves Lapdogs for the second time, Professor Kentwood needed to entertain a guest who thought along the same lines as us. Enter, Patrick Cranberry. I recognize your uniquely rapid footsteps and angry percussive door knocking. I don't need to take you by surprise, Kentwood. I got you red-handed. Come now, Patrick. One gathers evidence before forming a conclusion rather than t'other way around. You never caught on during your graduate studies, but it's never too soon to learn. You never signed my dissertation because I didn't kiss up to you like Sebago. Your research was every bit as mediocre as your toadying, young man. Besides, I believe I could get out of this chair and slap the aggression off your ugly face and Professor Grackle would only encourage me to do more. Grackle's a tool. Grackle at least understands his essential tooldom and does not overreach himself as you did when you recorded my office. The device in my office was exactly the same type you used to monitor small critters in the woods. I took the liberty of dusting for prints and I expect them to be similar to the prints I collected off the papers that you submitted to me years prior. Even if I put something in your office, the high ground isn't very high, because I know for a stone-cold fact that your office heard my conversation. You are a most serious young man. Would you understand jokes? It sounds like you got a dog in the wall. It doesn't sound happy. Beyond that wall is the mediocrity that is Dr. Alston, if only for a few hours a week. I have a suspicion of who is upsetting that dog so much. Jesus, oh God, please help me! What are you doing here after hours, Dr. Zabago? I'm being mauled by this vicious hound! Do not believe there will be no repercussions should Daniel meet his end at that wretched sty. He was breaking and entering. I was a bit loopy with antibiotics and wearing a sling when the four of us held a meeting to settle our differences at Le Roi's Hot Cuisine. It is completely out of my price range, but damn it, here I am. You are not obliged to eat. If you need extra money, inquire if they are hiring dishwashers. It just blows my mind that we got Eldridge Kentwood at the negotiating table. It's so surreal that I feel ready to eat a snail or a frog or whatever gross stuff they got. He prefers that the likes of you call him Professor Kentwood. What are your demands? Both of your resignations. Humbug! Balderdash! Obviously, the only way you're leaving is when your cold, dead body is ripped out of your chair. What I damn well expect is that you will destroy the files that you've been keeping on us for assurance that neither you nor your agents will ever again enter Layla Loves Lapdogs, and especially that the surveillance equipment is going to get gone. That's what you were trying to do anyway when Sabago got bit. Professor Kentwood would like to know the names of everyone conspiring against him. Ah, it's just us two. Professor Kentwood does not believe this to be the case. Would sir and madame be ready to order? Young questions de moment, monsieur. Je fais avec les imbeciles américains et je demande humblement votre forbearance. Merci. Imbecile américain, la plus mauvaise sorte. Je retourne promptement. French is such a beautiful language that it even makes Eldridge Cantwood sound sexy. I like that I can't understand him when he speaks French. Continue, Daniel. Since, as expected, you have lied about your organization, Dr. Kentwood has told me to tell you 
that it is only a matter of time before he discovers the whole truth. In the meantime, he would like to take that evil, vicious dog free of charge. Giving an animal a home? Sweet. His home shall be my office, because it is madness that I must stand sentry 24 hours a day. My new dog shall devour the flesh and drink the blood of unwanted intruders. Good. It sounds like you're going to get somebody killed and wind up in jail. Professor Kentwood advises you to avoid his office and says once he exhumes the truth of your organizations, he will do what he will. Of course he will. I just don't want him to hear my conversations and stuff. It seems we are done. Daniel will show you where the offending equipment is after we have supped. And so... Upon my return to the office, he marked our dining companions for destruction. Fetch me my fool's cap, Daniel. I must mark these two on my enemies list. I must bandage my arm when I'm done here because the dog bit me again before it could be muzzled. He must not like you, Daniel. He appears to enjoy my company. I shall name him Alpha, for he is first among dogs. Good dog. I would appreciate it if you could train Alpha not to attack me. For you, certainly. The dog paid dividends almost at once. Kentwood was rarely disturbed afterwards. For example, this scene transpired the following week. The Castilian diamonds have been a prized heirloom in our family since they were bestowed on the first Lord Hamswich by Queen Elizabeth in 1590. We will pay handsomely for their return. I want to know how you feel when I barge into your office and interrupt your business. Sick him, Alpha! Oh no! Oh my goodness! Alpha was Professor Kentwood's best friend for years to come, and he soon enough came to tolerate me. Before long, I was only rarely attacked. I myself did eventually purchase a dog. Her name was Finnegan, she was a standard poodle, and she had nothing to do with any of Kentwood's adventures. We'll return to those adventures in future episodes of Kentwood. In that episode of Kentwood, Professor Eldridge Kentwood was Jacob Thompson, Dr. Daniel Sebago was Charles Berman, Ray Raro was Cheryl Casey, Patrick Cranberry was Bariff Quimby, Customer was Jordan Randall, Dr. Singh was Daniel Schwartz, French Raider was Pete Bowers, and Duchess was Angela Schwartz. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Roy Sinjin and this is WHRW Binghamton. On July 22nd, 1991, cannibal and serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer is caught. Milwaukee, Wisconsin police officers spot Tracy Edwards running down the street in handcuffs and upon investigation, they find one of the grisliest scenes in modern history, Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. Okay, honey, we're going to go hunt for Jeffrey Dahmer. Let's leave Tommy in the car and uh, let's not bother to lock the door. Come on, serial killer's bound to be somewhere nearby. Good idea, darling. Oh, they'll never find me. Me, Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey, is that a kid in the car? Delicious! Yes, I look tasty, don't I? Oh my god, let me just... And the car door is open and unattended. I don't like to be attended and might prevent me being consumed by hungry killers. Come here, little boy. I'll give you candy and my stomach. Boy, oh boy, I go well with candy. Yes, you do. Crunching sounds. Thank you, Jeffrey Dahmer. 
And a free car. Oh no, our son. But there's the killer. Get him. Hey, come back here. You'll, you'll never catch me alive. Um, fortunately, uh, they did catch Jeffrey Dahmer in time to rescue the kid from his stomach, and he was saved from death. But make sure that you don't leave your children unattended, whether there's a serial killer around or not, because, especially in a car, it could be very dangerous, you know, there's all sorts of deadly things going on there. So, uh, be careful, this is This Day in History on WHRW, Binghamton. But don't throw up just yet. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? And while that child was inside Jeffrey Dahmer's stomach, he saw the strangest thing. He said to himself, What is this? Is this a door coming out of Jeffrey Dahmer's stomach? Let me try opening it. And he opened the door and went through, and he found a magical room that would transport itself from building to building, and sometimes to Jeffrey Dahmer's stomach, but only to each place for one hour. And he went through that door to find the magical lair of a magical man named Bill. And Bill said, Welcome to my... Oh my goodness, Hold on, are, are you a child? And the child says, yes, of course I am a child. I'm, I'm completely innocent. I've got some candy here that was given to me by Jeffrey Dahmer who ate me and all that. And Bill said, well, you know, normally I would say we're going to do this, you know, death thing where we shoot at each other with some, you know, Russian roulette style kind of crazy gun situation. But you're a child for Pete's sake. I'm not going to do that with a child. What kind of irresponsible person would I be to give a gun to a child? What kind of irresponsible person left you alone in the first place? That's ridiculous. And the child said, well, I was only sort of alone. I mean, I was alone, of course, but Jeffrey Dahmer came by shortly thereafter and then I wasn't alone anymore. So, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. No, 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 no. Leaving you alone to fall into the clutches of Jeffrey Dahmer is exactly the kind of thing that I don't think is responsible. I'm going to have to send you back to your parents. And he said, well, okay, I guess I'll just go back through the door back to Jeffrey Dahmer's stomach. Then. And he said, well, you know, fine. I guess you can do that. And I, I could, I'm comfortable with you doing that because as a time traveler, I know that Jeffrey Dahmer didn't murder any children. So I'm sure they're going to be able to save you or something. But when you get back, give your parents a proper talking to. Tell them that a former alcoholic, well, a recovering alcoholic, I should say, told them not to leave their children alone ever again. And of course, the child did, and they never left the child again for the rest of his life. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. When you go skating in the day, make sure the ice is thick enough, okay? When you skate around the ice pond, make sure the ice is thick enough. It's gotta be so thick, probably as thick as everything. Because if it is not thick, you would fall in a drown. You would die horribly screaming, but screaming under the water. Then the water would go and take your hands and bodies. And you choke, 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 choke. You cannot breathe anymore, Mimi. And you cannot sing either. So if I was under the water, I could not sing this song right now! Um, Lessons from the Life of Nathan Manhattan by Pete Bowers, Charles Berman, and uh, Daniel Schwartz. Season 2, Lesson 10, Prostitution Provokes the Nathan Van End. Alright, well, there's, uh, there's a guy here rummaging around a kitchen. Probably means he's looking for something. Or maybe he's trying to find something? 
or locate something? A baby probably thinks it's in the kitchen. I know if I was looking for something in the kitchen, the kitchen is the first place that I'd start. Who knows what it could be? It could be a kitchen tile or a kitchen cleaner or uh, possibly a kitchen spoon. So this guy is uh, Nathan Van Etten and I'm gonna try talking to this guy. He seems like he's probably pretty cool. So, um, hello? Hello? What? Who? Huh? Oh, God, you must be my new voice head robot thing or person, whatever. Uh, did I just get hired? I, I'm medically disabled, so I can't lift heavy objects and, uh... Listen, whoever you are, there's a catastrophe going on right now. We need to deal with this. My head hurts. Uh, me too, and I don't even have one. If only I could be you, slightly congested man. Yeah, if only I could be me. Look, voice. The things that, uh, the things that Jane has been doing since she's moved in are really, really starting to get my goat. Like Zorko in Goat Thief 2700. Apple second edition, of course. And it's driving me crazy. It's giving me a huge headache. No matter how many times I tell her, she keeps eating her dinner in the kitchen so there's fewer groceries when she's done. Doing the laundry in the laundry machine and she keeps on taking showers in the bathroom. And every time, it's wet when she's done. Uh, um, I, I don't know what- Why, just yesterday, I saw her living in the living room! Uh, Nathan, I don't know who Jane is? Well, well, I can't stand around explaining everything, voice! That is supposed to be your job! Um, is she hot? Because most of the time it doesn't matter as long as she's hot. Ahem! She must be, because she sure has me steamed! <laughs> Somebody told me that as a joke once. Do you know why it's funny? Oh, well, it's funny, you see, because um, if she... Well, if, it's, if she's hot, then... You know, jokes lose their humor value if you try to explain them. Look, there's no time for that anyway, voice. I need to find my mom's pills so I can take them and make my headache go away. So I can talk to the new tenant when she arrives. So I can get rid of Jane. Now this is urgent. Tell me where the aspirin is now. Uh, it's, it's over on that counter over there next to the peanut butter. Thanks. Oh, that must be here now. Hello? Hi. Can I come in? Well, what do you think I opened the door for? I'm Bonnie. I came about your ad. Great! The room's over there. So you're over 18, right? Well, yes. Now, back to the ad. Now, this isn't going to be a permanent thing. This may actually even be more temporary than that Battlestar Galactica spinoff. No. Normally, it's by the hour. By the hour? Wow, I'll be rolling! Sure. You're really here just because I need to get this girl I used to be dating out of my life? Yeah, I get that a lot. Wow, you must be an expert! Well, professional, I guess. I know what I'm doing. Let me know what you think when you're done. 
Oh, I will. Just let me know if you need a letter of recommendation or whatever. Okay. I haven't needed one before, but thanks. So I brought some of my own things to use if you don't mind. Oh, that no, that's great. Man, am I glad you responded instead of some weirdo. Yeah, I hear you on having to deal with weirdos. That might be a fun way to start. We can pick out which one looks fun to use. That sounds great. Let me look at your bag of... Um... Take your time. What kind of games are these for? Well, this is for pony play, and this is an e-stim machine. Don't worry, I test it once a week, and here's a little thing I picked up called the Gertie Lou. Wow, this is all very impressive. What do I need to do to get you in that room occupying that bed? Oh, okay, the direct approach. We can play later. Come on, tiger. What do you want, Nathan? Because I... Bonnie? Oh, hey, Jane. Are you guys going Dutch or is this a three-way? Wait! You two know each other?! Jane tutored me for calc. I never would have passed without her. Wait, three-way? Don't you get any funny ideas, Jane. Bonnie is going to be replacing you for all intents and purposes from this point forward. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, Bonnie. There's been a big, stupid mistake here. Huh? Nathan, you were probably looking for someone to move into this room, right? I'm guessing you posted an ad. Jane, how dare you guess my brilliant plan? Oh, my God. That's what you meant by I have a space that needs filling. He always talks that way. Nathan, Bonnie's a hooker. She dominates men sexually, for money. No problem. My dad is really open-minded. She's here to dominate you sexually for money. How would I make money that way? You would pay her. Frankly, you should pay her for showing up and wasting her time. Normally I go for four or five an hour. But with nothing happening, let's just call it an even hundred. One hundred dollars?! I'd have settled for fifty if it were Jane too, but it's a tough economy. Really? I'd merit a discount? With that body? Duh. Really? How about this? Nathan, pay the nice lady. But my dad only gave me- Now! Stupid jerk prostitutes. Now, let's go for dinner. I'll treat, if you're not busy. Nothing I can't cancel. Great, let's go. What in the name of the Elder Gods has just happened here? Um, I I think you just got mugged by a hooker and your roommate? This is not cricket. Nope. Well, I have certainly learned a lesson here, voice. Uh, Yeah? Always look for references on a roommate. If Dad had done that with Jane, none of this would have ever happened. Uh, that's a a good point, Nathan. Um... Maybe you'll make a good point or visit a prostitute before the next lesson from the life of Nathan Manhattan. Not lesson from the life of Nathan Manhattan. The voice was Pete Bowers, Nathan was Mickey Weissner, Jane was Aaron Morrissey, and Bonnie was Sarah Diaz. 
Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On July 29th, 1981, nearly 1 billion television viewers in 74 countries tune in to witness the marriage of Prince Charles, heir to the British throne, to Lady Diana Spencer, a young English schoolteacher, in a grand ceremony at St. Paul's Cathedral. Let's listen. Oh, this is the happiest day of my life. I know, Charles. I'm so happy. Do you, Prince Charles? Yes? Take this person to be your lawfully wedded spouse. Yes. Being a citizen of the British Empire. Mm -hmm. Prove it. Uh, How do you want me to prove it? Don't you have your passport, darling? Oh, yes, right here. Uh Uh-oh. Wait. I knew I had it in these pants. Sorry, we can't make you lose your passport. No, no, I have it right here. uh, Oh, God, no. Well, well, Lady Diana, it looks like you're dating a foreigner. Why don't you get engaged to an Egyptian now? I, 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 I I see. You're right. Charles, if you're a foreigner, you're no good for me. No. Goodbye. Excuse me. Yes? I'm the real Prince Charles, so says this passport I just found, and I'd like to marry my... My bride oh, now. Why? It Prince looks Charles. That is Prince Charles's passport, even if his photograph is scotch taped over a, a photograph beneath it. I'm the real Prince Charles. Come on, darling, let's get married. Okay, you're married. Everyone in Britain is happy. Hooray. Hooray. Oh, bugger. Hooray. It was three years before the imposter was revealed, just illustrating how dangerous it is to lose your passport. Passports are very important documents. They prove what country you're a citizen of, and especially are important when you're traveling over like he was, except that he was in his own country, but there you are. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But hold on, English Rose. My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? On Cast and Wax. The day after the wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana. Princess Diana was walking through Buckingham Palace and thought to herself, Hold on a second, I've extensively studied the blueprints of this entire castle, and I do not recall that door right over there. It was, in fact, a door that had never been there before, and Princess Diana walked up to it and opened it and strode through, and she found the mysterious man known only as Bill. Bill said to her, I found it Alcoholics Anonymous, but now I contend myself with a game of chance, teleporting my domicile into different places all over the world, hoping someday that I will find the sweet release of death. Today may or may not be that day. It is up to you to find out, for indeed, Princess Diana, behind you, there are two revolvers. One of those revolvers has a bullet in it. The other revolver does not have a bullet in it. We will each take one of those revolvers, and then we will attempt to fire those revolvers at each other, and then one of us will be shot dead. And Princess Diana said, well, then I would like to choose the gun with the bullet in it, please. And Bill said, well, I'm sorry, you know, that goes against the spirit of the thing. It's supposed to be random. And Princess Diana said, yes, but your room is currently in Britain. So therefore, as royalty, I can command you to do that. And he said, well, I'm not a British citizen. And she said, oh, really? Produce your passport. And he said, I mean, you know, I don't have my passport on me. I, I didn't think I need a passport. And she said, well, then you are trespassing on British soil and you shall be executed. Now, let me take these two guns. I sentence you to death as the Princess of England. And she shot Bill dead on the spot as he lay there bleeding to death and dying. Bill thought I should have brought my passport with me. This is really not the way I was intending to die. So make sure that you bring your passport with you or it could mess up all of your plans. My name's Rory Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to Frank Advice. Uh, this is a very special episode. Uh, it's sort of a, uh, a, you might call it a car advice uh, episode, although we're not going to be doing advice on cars. Uh, we're going to be doing it from the back of a car. We're in a limousine in, uh, well, I guess in my limousine now. Uh, our, our limousine, Frank. Well, yeah. Our limousine. Uh, because we're on our way. Uh, we just got married. Um, myself, Frank Allen, and uh, Mr. <coughs> Diogenes Sinjin here. Are you all right? You, you, you sound sick. Oh, I'm I'm deadly ill. I'm dying. I'm 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 death's door, Frank. I'm on death's door. Well, but so happy. So I happy. guess I'm. Yeah, I'm, so I'm just. I, I can only hope that you make it to our our honeymoon. Why did we have to pick somewhere so far from where we're getting married? What a coincidence. Well, it's only Frank because I have scads. Scads of money, and I'm so excited to go with you to San Francisco. Now, that's pretty far away from New York. It's very far away. So, uh, all right. Well, anyway, as I said, my name is Frank Allen, and uh, <coughs> you're, are you? But you are getting sicker by the moment. It seems. Oh yes, yes. I'm. I'm very, very sick. I. I might not live another ten years. Well, I would. I mean, I would imagine not. That's a long time. It's not a long time, really, Frank. Life's short, Frank. You have to enjoy it. That's what I'm doing. Enjoying myself. Just got married. Married. First time in my life. Well, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, we're doing an advice show. Uh, like I said, Frank Advice. We're in this limousine. We're going to be driving to San Francisco. And um, No, no, Frank. We're driving to the airport. We're going to drive to the... Okay, I, this is gonna, not going to take as long as I thought. It would be long enough for the show, Frank. We, we can stop when we get to the airport, finish the radio program, and then fly to San Francisco for lots of... No, lots I mean, I know. I dirty, am- dirty, dirty sex and, and debauchery. Right. I understand that... <laughs> We have enough time for the show. I just, I didn't think we were going to, I thought we were going to drive all the way through and then. No, 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 no. It takes a long time, Frank. I know. You don't, you don't, you don't drive a limousine cross country, Frank. All right. Well. It's foolish, foolish, I, foolish, I don't, honey. I don't drive a limousine at all. So that's what we have a driver yeah. for. So. Yes. Yeah. I, okay. Well, you can call me. Dear. Yes, my dear. Uh, okay, so do you know how the show works? You've heard it before, right? Oh, of course. I listen to everything you do, my darling. Thank you. Um, this is a show where we take your questions from Yahoo Answers, and uh, we answer them better than I'm sure anybody on Yahoo Answers ever would. Hopefully, if you put a question on Yahoo Answers, A, we find it, and B, then you listen to this podcast. So, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Diogenes Sinjin, by the way. I did introduce you. You should, you should always remember to introduce me to, to everyone, well, all I- your friends, Frank. And this is, this is Frank Sinjin. Uh, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Frank Advice. This is fr- oh, your name is 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 Advice, is it? No, Frank Advice no. is the name of the show. <laughs> Frank Advice with Frank Allen. It's kind of a brand. You can you can if you want to go by Frank Allen Singer. Well, I'm, you, but I mean again, it's my brand is Frank Allen. So branding is always it's always important to improve a brand, Frankie. I'm definitely not called Frankie. Look, let's just do the advice show. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm very I'm very very successful and just got married, so I think I'm in a good position to uh, to give advice. Okay. Well, if there's questions about richness, I'm sure you've got answers, or how to deal with you know sickness and impending death. Oh yes. Oh yes. And I'm very very resigned, you know, <laughs> to my impending death. Yes. I mean, you, you you're good at hiding it. You're good at appearing. Well, all right. Let's get to it. Well, Here- well darling, do you? I mean, would you, if you were if you were dying like me, would you want to go around saying, "Oh no, no, I'm dying all the time"? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, I, hopefully, I'll never find out because I don't ever want to die. But. Let's get to the questions. I have a first questions, one. Questions, questions. Right here. I have an iPhone, but it's like an iPod. I can't call help. Well, um, that's all right, Frank. I mean, I've no, no, got no, no, everything hold on. you need back here. I- hold on. That's not me. That's the question. And that's part of it. And I'm going to oh, read it. Go, go, 
go go go. I've got an iPhone. But it's like an iPod I can't call. Help. So then the back, uh, then the, the more information is. Uh, so like a month ago, my dad gave me his old iPhone 5 because he overrided it with fees from Virgin Mobile. But I want to call with it. So my mom claims she's going to pay the fee. But every time I bring it up, it's do I have the money right now? So I want to know if there's any way I can go to a different carrier, chat R, for example, and get minutes to call and text and do things that an iPhone's supposed to do without getting a background check or something. Please tell me, even if I have to take the SIM out, thanks in the future. Okay, well, this is very simple. I mean, this is a poor fellow who doesn't have a lot of money, and I right. I feel for people who don't have a lot of money. I can imagine. I've got a very fertile imagination. Oh, dear. <laughs> but this is really a matter of getting something out of your parents. You do have to do. But do they have, have do. the money right now? You know, you, they probably do. You oh. can always get what you want. What you have to do is just, you know, pretend something that makes your parents want to give you the iPhone. Give you the service, give you, you the, give you the plan. Well, you know, maybe pretend you have the flu and you have to sit at home in bed all day. And your parents will say, oh, poor, what's his name? He's got the flu. He's got to sit at home in bed all day. We can't make him read a boring book. We've got to give him an iPhone with a plan. And they'll do it like that. Just pretend. Huh. That would actually work, I think. Yeah. Well, yes, as I said, very good at advice. Very good yeah, at everything. Yeah. Yes. yes, you are. So so I can't tell if this is a man or woman who asked this question, but... No, I mean, I can't either. I, they, you can't read the handwriting. It's no name on it. I can't tell either. But, uh, yeah, so I guess when your parents say, do I have the money right now? You should say, yes, you do. Now give it to me. That's right. And you, well, you don't, you, you figure it out a way. You, you sneak away. You know, you don't, you, if you just say, now give it to me, they'll say, well, I don't want to give it to you. Then. No. What have you, got? you. You sneak away and you get it from them. All right. Well, that's pretty good advice. I don't think I can top that. Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll think of something you can top, Frankie. What What, what do you mean? That was, a, that was a double entendre. That was a, that was a sexual innuendo. <laughs> oh, well, it means I get to be the top. Good. Let's keep that in mind. I Here's well, another let's, let's question. Let's switch it off. Let's switch it off. Well, yes, no, that's... I got to... Hold on. I, I can only hold one thought in my head at a time, so... Oh, that's, 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 that's wise of you. Let, let's get to the next question. Next question is, I can't stand ugly people? I know at first this sounds so superficial and shallow, but hear me out. I love getting to know people and hearing their opinions. I'm a real people person, and I just love people. However, I find it really difficult to engage in conversation with someone if they're really ugly. I mean, facial hair unkempt, zits, giant blackheads, pasty skin, greasy, ungroomed hair, etc. I have met a few people that would be great friends if it wasn't for how they look slash how they choose to present themselves. Is basic hygiene too much to ask for? I have distanced myself from many friends as it was too unbearable to be around them due to their appearance. And yes, I know a lot of you out there will say, I might be missing out on great company by being this way. But in my experience, a great personality doesn't compensate for how unbearable it is to be around such people. And people will think, why should the physicality matter in just a friendship? But it really does. You have to look at them when you are in conversation. Sit beside them, be in their home, eek, hug them, etc., which is especially horrific if they smell of three-week-old B.O. So, am I normal for being this way? Would you consider this superficial or unfair? Do you do it too? Well, I don't even know why this is a question. To be honest, I don't even know why it's a question. Of course, if you don't want to spend time with ugly people, if it makes you unhappy, I'm not sure if he knows the difference between ugly and unkempt and uh, unwashed. To be honest, he doesn't. He's, there seems to be some conflation there. But if you don't want to spend time around ugly people, what you do is just find somebody who you're interested in, someone who you might want to have while sexy, for instance. Wow, well, that's obviously someone you find attractive, isn't it? Good. Yeah, find that person. Somehow get them to spend time with you. Get them. Grab them. Get them so they can't get away. Well, and. Well. I mean, why? I mean, they shouldn't want to get away, right? No, 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 no. They shouldn't want to. They just get them. But I mean, even if they did want to, you might be stuck with an ugly person. So just grab on to the people that you that are near and dear to you. Is what I'm saying. Grab on tight. Listen, I know a couple of things about having to be around someone you're not attracted to, and 
you know, I don't know what your problem is. Like, if, if there are certain reasons that you have to be near someone that you don't find attractive in any way, then just suck it up and be near that person, you know? There are benefits, you know? I mean, whether they're, you know, they have some sort of power that you want or money that you want or influence that you want or, or anything like that, you know, sometimes you just gotta be around people that you don't want to look at or, you know, kiss or whatever, and you just gotta bite your tongue. Well, if there's a good enough reason for anything, sure. But by and large, if you don't want to be around ugly people, find a way to make attractive people be around you. Well, I mean, okay. But you gotta, I mean, sometimes you gotta be around ugly people in order to get the ability to make attractive people want you. Oh, sometimes. Sometimes, if there's a good enough reason. But if there was a good enough reason, he'd do it anyway. He's not saying, oh, if an ugly person came up to me and gave me a free watch, I would kick him. No, he's just saying he doesn't want to spend time around ugly people. I mean, listen, a lot of people have said I'm ugly. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. Well, okay, I didn't, I mean, I didn't do it for sympathy. I didn't say it, but I was trying to... I, no, but I'm still, that's, that's terrible. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right, it was terrible of them, but, but I do think that this person is wrong, because I do think my personality makes up for my appearance. No, now, but of course, you're not ugly. Well, you don't even have to worry about it. I mean, I do not. shower. You're not ugly at all. I don't smell yes. like B.O. I don't... No, 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 no. I, I mean, made I... sure you showered, especially before a wedding. Well, I, no, you didn't have to make sure I was going to do it anyway. But I wanted to well, be well, there. That's... Okay, that's beside, that's beside the point. Like, there's a shower door, and it kind of distorts... Look, okay. What I'm trying to say is, you're wrong about people. You shouldn't be so hard on ugly people. You should just give them advice on looking better. Yeah, if, you, if you're with some ugly people and, and you say, you know, you should really make your nose smaller or something like that. Well, no, that's but fine, right? No, you can't make your nose smaller. Oh, you're right. I forgot. I mean, well, okay, I guess you could with money. Yes, I, you just go to a, a, a surgeon and you, you pay them and then they do but it. But I'm talking about, you could say, you know, hey, comb your hair more, you know, pop your zits. Well, don't pop them. I guess, you know, treat, treat them or something. You could do that too. I mean, however you want to solve it. You know, if you want to hang around ugly people and tell them what to do all the time, then I mean, that could be fun too. They're not going to be ugly people if you tell them well enough. Maybe, maybe they won't. Or you could just cut out a step and, and you know, go after the attractive people. It's really up to you. <sighs> Fine. Whatever. I'll just agree to disagree for now. Uh, here's another question. How can I be less socially awkward? I've been socially awkward almost my whole life. In high school, around friends, and even around family. There have been a couple of times in my life where I wasn't awkward, and it was easy. But as time went on, I began to lose myself and become more and more withdrawn from smoking cigarettes. They've brought me down personally, so I've quit smoking for about five months now, and I'm ready to go out into the world and get away and be social again. But how? I want to talk to people, but I feel as if I might say the wrong thing. Every time I bring up a topic, I cannot think of what to say next, or I get caught up on something irrelevant. Then I become quiet again and want to leave the situation. I watch people talk with others like no problem, and for me, it's not that easy. Is there any way I can keep myself from being oversensitive and keep a normal conversation going? Well, my good man, I I would say this. You don't have to be socially adept like I am in order to have a lot of friends. What you can do, honestly, is just have something else that make people want to be friends with you. You could, for instance, have a lot of money. And then people want to spend time with you, and you could even use the money to make them indebted to you in various ways and make them want to spend time with you. Or come up with something else, like, I don't know, what people use other than money, juggling, something like that. And then they want to spend time with you, and social awkwardness won't get in your way. I mean, I think I think people learn best from by example. So, all right, let's uh, let's do a little role-playing, right? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Let's... let's uh, 
do more than a little role play. So we're in a bar, right? Oh, I mean, I'd love to. Yes. Is this? Then we'll have a bar. Yes. All right. Let's do yes. it. Yes. Well, what would you like, Frank? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just have a. I don't know. Tequila. Tequila. But, absolutely. Look, the point is, you're, we're in a bar. You're you. You're rich, right? And I'll, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Diogenes. Diogenes. Right, right. And I'll be me, but I'll, I guess I'll be juggling, and and we'll see how it goes. All right. So I mean, I don't know how to juggle, but pretend I I am juggling. Okay. Here we go. Hey. Well. Hello. Hello. You, you look fantastic. Want to have some raucous gay sex? Uh, well, that's too forward for me. I'm sorry. Well, I've got a lot of money. I, well, you can have it if we have gay sex. Oh, hang on a second. Do you do? Do you say this to people in bars a lot? Not 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 not, not a lot. Well then, let's not. If you're not going to do that in a bar, don't. Let's but not. This is an example. This is. With it's an, but it's supposed to be a realistic example. Uh, oh, all right. Yes. So, so okay. Okay, let's try it again. Uh, we're in a bar. Here we go. Oh, think I'll have a drink. Hmm. Bartender, get me a drink. Me too. Well, 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 well. You, you look so socially awkward. Don't want to spend any time with you unless you've got something I want. Ah, uh, sorry, pal. Tell, tell me about the juggling. Tell me about the juggling. I'm just here to juggle, ma'am. See? Pick up chicks. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That juggling. You're the best juggler. I've, I've always wanted a personal juggler. You're hired as my juggler on retainer. No, no, no. I'm not looking for a gig. I'm looking for a lady. I'll get you a lady. Yeah? If you're my personal juggler. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to stop you again. So, this is just making it sound like you go into bars and just hire people, either as jugglers or prostitutes, just on, on a casual... I mean, I, that's not going to help this guy. All right. You know what? Let's try this again. Here, here, let's do it again. This time you're the juggler, and I'm the rich guy. I think I'll come into a bar and have a, a drink. Alcohol. Get me a drink, bartender. Yeah, I'll have one, too. Uh, well, I'd like some money. Anything you would like? Uh, peace on Earth. Well, I, I can't give you that, but I can give you juggling. Yeah, juggling sucks. Uh, you have to, to like the juggling so that you'll, you show him you how to make friends. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work, so... Oh. Well, this is a bad example we're giving him. So then, show him what? What do? You, how do you roll with it? Let's have some raucous sex. No, this is not. This is not how it works. You can't have sex with someone to stop it from being socially awkward. That makes it way more I, awkward. I don't know what it's like to not have money. I can't play this part. <sighs> well, I can't play both parts. Well, I, I don't know. What do people do without money? Well, not juggle. All right. All right. I'll. I'll that's fine. I'll play both parts. Um. Hey. Uh. I see you're having a. Alcohol. I'm gonna have one of those myself. Oh yeah, you like alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what kind of what kind of alcohol are you, are you gonna drink? I was gonna drink a tequila. Oh, I was gonna have bourbon. Yeah, why bourbon? I don't know. It'll taste good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just a this is just a story about people talking about their drinks. This is not about yeah. how you can get people to like you with money or, or something else in place of money. Well, no, but he's having a problem where he's having trouble just talking to someone. This is people just talking casually. Well, that's not what I was advising. Well, but that's but that's what he wants. Oh well, all right. This is, give, give him your example, and they yes. Well, you do that, and you just talk about things like, oh, look, we're in a bar. Do you like bars? Yes. What's your favorite one? This one. Oh, what a coincidence! You must be going to it because you like it. Oh, you're very smart, and then you do that back and forth. Yeah, that's it. That's that's how you do it. Don't all hire. Right. Don't try to hire the person. But I mean, if you if you have lots of money, you can, and it's very easy. Uh, well, I just but but are you going to have a legitimate, real friendship if you're just paying people to be around you? I don't know. It's, it's much easier than having a legitimate, real friendship. Well, well, I guess there's that. All right. Well, hopefully we answered your question. Just, just chat. If if you don't have anything to offer, then yes, just I chat. I think chatting works better than juggling, but you know, give it a go. Here's another uh, question, though. My flatmates are all girls. In September, I'm going to start a course at uni where every student 
is female. To add to this, I have also just found out that my flatmates are all girls. Now, I don't necessarily mind this. I'm just worried that this means I won't meet or socialize with many guys. Also, I Facebooked my new flatmates, and they don't really seem like the kind of people who like to party a lot. Frown. Please help. By the way, I'm a girl. Oh, well, that's, uh, I, up until the, the end there, I thought thought you might have been a, not a girl. I thought but it was I, a guy, yeah. Yeah, I thought, you know, I could, you know, I, I could think of ways that people could help you. But, you know, I, you know I, I identify with this because I've been in the position of being around girls and thought, well, who wants to be around girls when I could be having raucous gay sex? Well, here's what you'd do. Well, I mean, she could have raucous gay sex. Well, yeah, but for, for, for me... It, it, she wants to have maybe have sex with a man, and if and for her it wouldn't be gay, but for me, but she's with girls, so she could have raucous gay sex. Well, it's only gay because she's a girl. That's what I'm saying. Right, but she wants to. I, I'm saying I identify. She wants to go and find a man and have some raucous sex. I think. Listen, I'm all for girls having sex with men, but I gotta say, in this case, it sounds like all the women should have sex. I mean, they could, but I'm, I'm saying. It, she sounds like she's not so keen on these women. I, I think if she wants to go, leave, leave the flat, find a man to have some raucous sex with, she, there, there's ways to do that. I'm just saying, I, I identify, I know that you can do this, and there, there are men out, outside on the street, and you can you can pay them, and they'll, they'll have raucous sex with you. That doesn't sound true. It's very true. Yes, they're called they're called prostitutes. No, prostitutes are women. No, well, some of them are women. I don't know a lot about that. Some of them are not women, though. Ah, like, like women who look like... I mean, like guys who look like women. No, no, no. They look like guys. Uh, well, they look like whatever you want them. It just depends. Look, of, uh, in my experience, sometimes you have to have gay sex and you don't want to. You mean if, if I'm really tired and have a headache? I, I mean, maybe once or twice that's happened and I've been really sick. But I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you don't want to pass up an opportunity. I, you know. I'm just saying she should probably just suck it up. Oh, yeah. Definitely she should. It's not going to be that bad. You get it over with and then you're done. Yeah, you, you suck it up. Yes. And then you're done forever. No, I mean, till the next time. Well, I mean, technically, yes. Or well, then you switch, and then and then he sucks. Up. No, there's no man involved. This is a woman with, with flatmates are all girls. What is, no, no, no. There's got to be a man. What are they sucking up? Okay, now you're getting graphic. I was talking about just chin up and all that. That sounds a little less comfortable, but, I mean, you can do it however they... they I'm not talking it. about positions. What are I'm you ta- talking about? I'm talking about fortitude, you know? Internal fortitude. Oh yeah, that's important in their job too. And some of them are very good. The more you pay, what? the higher rate they tend to be, the better, the more fortitude they have. You know. I'm not talking about. Okay. What? <sighs> Hang on. So your suggestion is that she hires a quote-unquote male prostitute? Oh yeah, they love to to, to party. Smiley face. Uh, I, well, they do. They do party a lot. I'm sure. And the girls don't party a lot. All right. Well, yeah. if you think that male prostitutes are a thing, they're a thing. I can. They. They're quite a thing. I can show you some. I, we'll get some. No, I don't know. I don't want to get one. Come on. You could add variety. Just throw some other people in the mix. You they know? have female prostitutes, you know. That's not fun. Well, I mean, it is. No, not really. Agre- agree to disagree. Maybe we should all just get our own prostitutes. Here's a question that is uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, why are girls dressing like sluts nowadays? I see 15-year-olds going out wearing short booty shorts and crop tops and clothes that are really see-through. I remember a couple years ago when only hookers dressed like that, speaking of hookers. But now I go inside Forever 21, and they only sell clothes like that. Why is it becoming fashionable to look like a slut? I'm going to use a little bit of uh, imagination here, because if you're a person like me, and you want to have some raucous sex, you just spend some money and you, you have it, you know. But that's, you know, be- hang on a second. Is there something you're going to be doing? Well, no, 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 I'm married now. I'm married. 
Well, um, I mean, I mean, maybe this could still be something you do a lot. No, 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 I'm married. That's it. See more. I know, but I wouldn't want to take away your freedom. That's very kind of you. If you, if, if this is a thing you like, you like having gay sex with male prostitutes, you know what? You've got my blessing. I, I really appreciate that, Frankie. I know you, I know you wouldn't want me to, but I appreciate it. No, I, 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 because I know the joy it gives you, I want you to do it. I would prefer you do it twice as much as you used to and tire yourself all out. That's, it's very, very kind of you to say. No, I'm not just saying I know, I know, I know. And I, yeah, I, I, w- I would say the same thing if I thought that we were really going to have a relationship like that. Listen, um, guy, listen, guy, this is, a, I'm serious. You can do this. How often did you used to get prostitutes? Oh, whatever. I felt like it all the time, you know. Twice a day? Uh, depends on the day. Yeah, more than, more than twice a day. I'm sorry, well, more than, I was joking. Okay, more than twice a day. Uh, hmm. well... I definitely think you should still do it. I don't want to change who you are. That's the person mm-hmm. I fell in love with. I can tell, Frank, that you really want me to get some of these pros. And I, I know where you're going with this. Yes, I'll share. No, I, uh, share, but you know what? I don't know if that's a good idea. Because I get really it, jealous if I'll see them. So I don't even want to see them. But I want you to have them. Oh, I understand. I understand. I won't make you jealous. No, I make you jealous. just don't make me jealous by seeing them. But you should have them. I promise... Not to make you jealous. No, can you? T- but can you just go a little further? We won't say another word because I know if you hear about it. I, I mean, if I know if you know, even even by the the frequency of things, you know, I know if you knew by that, you'd become jealous. I don't so even know what you mean by the frequency of things. You know, if 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 we if we're only having sex like once or twice a day, you what? you know that. Uh, I- you know what? I have a medical condition that says I can only have sex once a month. Oh, well, well, we'll get that treated. We have the money. To. Good. But in the meantime, lots of prostitutes. It's all good for you. We'll, we'll see a doctor as soon, as soon as we need to. Now, on to this question. There might be people out there who, who don't have a lot of money. Maybe they can't afford prostitutes all the time, but they want to have lots of raucous sex. Well, all they can do is maybe be the prostitute or, or act like the prostitute, and then people will, will want to have sex with them. And since they want to have sex and it's, it's not a job, they can just say, no, don't pay me. I'll just have the sex. So they're sort of like free prostitutes. Speaking of prostitutes, do you know I've got an idea for a television show? And I was oh, thinking I, we could start setting up some money for that. A television show? What sort of television? I've, I've been a producer in my time. Yeah. Well, I don't think we would need you to actually be a producer, but I would like the money that you would use to be that producer. Well, what's the what's the idea? Frank? Well, it's a show where I'm the star. Oh. That's as far as I've got so far, but I, I, I've got... I'll, I'll work out the rest. Well, I, I, I'd love to work on the show with you. Um, no, I just want... I just wanted access to your your checking account. Well, it's, it's our... Our checking. Right. So just give me the checkbook. Well, you're not on the you're not on the account yet. So we we have to work that out. We we'll have to work if that I, out. If I if I live if I if I live long enough. Oh well, I mean we'll have to make sure we do that really fast. Hey, can you sign me a little blank check? Oh well, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I didn't put my checkbook in my tuxedo pocket to get to get married. You know. Can we stop at that, a bank? That, well, there's not. A, I don't know if there's my bank on the way to the. The, the airport. What's your, what's your bank? Oh, my, my bank is the uh, First International Millionaires Trust. All right, let me see. Well, I mean, there, it's not exactly on the way, but it's not too far off. We could just have him go right over to this one here. Oh, well, I, I, um, I'll get some money out, and then we'll, we'll, we'll work on your show after we have but I also need I also need a cashier's check that's for a lot of money. Uh, what's what's the matter? Frankie. Oh, there's no matter. Just hearing about oh. prostitutes made me think about money. I just need some money. It's not a big deal. But it has oh, to do uh, with what? our wedding, so Oh, uh, 
It's a surprise. Yeah. Oh, oh, sweetie, that's so lovely. Yes, here, here we'll, we'll stop at the bank and get Great. you the money. Great. I'll have to call my lawyer quick. Okay, uh, where were we? Oh, look, let's find some more questions. Yes, yes, questions. Here's another one. How do I transport in a rainbow? Just wanted to know, since I don't have a car, so... Well, you should just buy a car and then transport in the rainbow. I'm sorry. Do you want him to drive a car over the rainbow? No, I mean, there's a rainbow. You, you can just drive through it. It's just over the, you know. It's, you it's can't drive through a solid. rainbow. You can't drive through a rainbow, friend. You drive past the rainbow. Also, she doesn't have a car. Just buy one. Well, if you have one. Or, you know, trick someone into buying one for you. How do you trick someone into buying you a car? Just like pretend that you all, it's really sad or you really need one, and then they'll buy them, make them, you find someone with money and make them buy it for you. Really? Yeah. Uh, not related. I am really sad. Oh, I'm so sorry. What's the matter? I, you know, I don't know. It's like, uh, I think part of it is that I want to be places that are farther than I can comfortably walk. Well, why don't you just go to them? I, I'm just, like, I just, it would take me so long to walk there, so. Why, uh, don't you, why don't you just go to another way than walking, like, like a train or a plane? Well, some of them aren't on the subway line or, or have an airport nearby. Just take a car. Oh, that would, stealing a car is get me arrested. No, 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 no don't, don't steal it. Just, I mean, drive a car. Well, I could. I do have a license, but I don't have a, you know. Oh, oh, you needed to have a car. Just just buy one. Well, I don't I don't know if I have enough money. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <coughs> I can give you one of my cars. Yeah. Uh I mean, do you you mean like sign over the deed or I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, we Well, we, it's we, just it's cleaner if a cop pulls me over, it's nicer to have cuz then he goes oh, oh, this you, is your car. So. All right. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll get to it if I if I, you know, don't die first. I mean, it doesn't take very long if we hurry. I know. I just have to find the deed, but you know. Don't you keep we, it we, in the glove compartment? Which people don't do that. We keep them all together in the safe. Really? Of course, wow. the deed safe. Well, let's go. Let's I mean, is that in San Fran or No. No, no, no. Oh. That's in that's in Brussels. Brussels? Yes, yes. Well, we're not going to make it to there before you die. Well, we we might. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. But if we don't, then you'll just get the cars anyway. Well, that's true. All right. Well, let's just hope. Anyway, uh, all right. Got another question. Does this make sense? Don't underestimate what you don't know. What? Does this make sense? Don't underestimate what you don't know. Well, yes, because you don't know it, so you can't underestimate it. It's not. It's not possible. So it doesn't make sense. You you. No, it does because you can't estimate it one way or another. But you do. But you you can't underestimate it because it doesn't. It's not possible. It so then, you can't if you can't it underestimate all. it, then saying don't underestimate it doesn't make sense. Well, yes, it's it's a, it's redundant because you, it's not possible. It's just something you can't do because you don't know. Unless it means don't underestimate how much there is that you don't know. Yes, I mean it could it could mean that like anyone anyone around you, even someone very close to you, you might not really know important things about them. Well, I mean, I mean, I know most of the things I need to know about most of the people I know, you know. I know about Jordan. He works at Marvel. You know, he's got a wife. He's got a cat. Cat's boring. Just eats, sleeps. I know about Rory. He's dead. I know about you. You're dying. You're right, rich. Right, 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 right. I mean, so those are, those are the important things. You just, you know, you can never really know what, you know, the truth is about anyone. You might be uh, actually uh, an international murderer. No, I'm... Running well, from the law. No, that's not, that is not the case. What I'm saying is, I do know everything that is true. I know that Jordan works for Marvel, he has a wife, I know he has a cat, he's boring, he eats and he sleeps, I know that Rory's dead, and I know that you are rich and dying. Those, those are the, that's the information that you have. Yeah. That's all true. It's all true things that I know. And okay, so, yeah, I mean, okay. Right, so I'm saying it's not that complicated. You can underestimate what you don't know. It's not, I mean, you can just, you can't underestimate what you don't know because you know everything that you need to know. Sure, I mean, that's, that's a good reason never for you to be curious about anything. 
Well, I'm, I mean, I don't have to be curious because I know. That's I, I would encourage you to keep thinking that way. Uh, why would I question that? Well, I don't think you ever would if you keep thinking that way. All right, here's another question. What are the effects that anxiety can do? I feel like I've been having anxiety or something. What is it exactly? And how does it affect you? Well, anxiety is something I've heard about. People have it when they, they have things that cause them to worry, like, I, I don't know. It's these things that people without money have. But I used um, to have it a lot. Oh, there you go. I mean, people have it for things. And what it does is it makes you worry a lot about things. So mm-hmm. if you find yourself sitting around and thinking, oh, is this true? How do I know if it's true? Is this facts or not facts? Or do I have this or that or something like that? Then you might have, you know, anxiety. And the way to cure that is just, you know, stop worrying. I, I don't understand. That's a weird kind of existential anxiety. What are facts and what is true? I usually was worrying about, like, getting paid. I was worried about how am I going to pay my rent. Oh, yes. You could you could sit there and say, like, oh, well, should I should I write a check? Should I, should, I, should I pay cash? What should I do with what I get paid? You know, and, and that, that could be anxiety, too. Well, you can't, you can't pay your rent in cash, mostly. Well, I don't know how you you pay rent. Well, I mean, you're going to find out because you're going to be paying my rent now, I assume, because... We share finances. Oh, you—you—I you, you, won't charge you rent. No, I—I <laughs> I get it. You thought I meant paying rent at your at your uh, uh, I don't know house. I meant uh, my apartment. I—I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna keep my apartment. Oh, you want to? You want to keep several homes? I understand. Yeah. I well, I, if I if if I've got that option, yeah. But I was specifically just talking about my apartment in Queens. You like you like it? Yeah. We could we could. You know, spend some of the year there. I'm sorry. No, no. It's. I mean, it's. You don't have to come. It's if, too if small I live, for if you. I, if I, it's too I, I, I could. I could fit in. Yeah. I mean, yes, you could fit physically. I mean, but you're used to palatial. I figure you can stay. Sometimes, you know, I'll just stay in my apartment by myself. Um, Why would you want to be by yourself? Well, so, you know, I work hard. Oh, of course. Well, we'll, we'll work on the TV show in your apartment. Yes. Right. And my podcast stuff. Also, you know, sometimes you're going to need privacy with your prostitutes. So, I'll just stay. It's fine. I'll stay at the apartment. I'll, I'll make sure that you don't have to worry about prostitutes. I'm not worried. I'm going to be at the apartment, and you are going to be boinking them away. It's no not big deal. Not worried. Th- that's the way you should be. Not Just worried at all. Don't Just worry. you are doing it and doing it. Okay. Yes, we will. Yes. No, with the prostitutes. Anyway. Don't, don't worry. Why am I always getting lied to? What do you mean? No, I'm, that's the next question. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, I'm sick and tired of all the lies I hear. Lie after lie after lie. I play this game called Free Realms. I wonder about all the things that happen to me. This game is getting to the point where I want to quit. The thing is, if I quit, I won't have anything more to do. I am bored all day, every day. Nothing ever to do where I live. It's the same thing every day. I wake up, brush my teeth, and play the game. I started in late 2010. The old school and vault items that were easy to get were already gone. I started a little too late to get any of the rarer items. Now I feel like I've got nothing. I did get the luckiness to get some old school items, but they aren't all the rarer stuff. I never once had not even one set of old. Not one at all. Very lucky people to get this stuff, and they look so legit. And this game has nothing but rude people, because if you do not have what they have, they have a problem with that. Such words being said to people who started barely after the stuff left. Noob, noob, curse words, rude comments, all reflect on what you got. Now, enough of the boring part, and let's get to what I really want to talk about. Some items which are old and very rare to find vault online eBay. They can sell anywhere from $50 or more per item. It's very expensive. Ain't got the extra money to get that. I try my best to save, but when I do got the money, the item is already gone. My mom, who also plays, because it's an adult enjoyment game also, buys stuff. Bought me a rare sizzling frying pan weapon that your avatar holds for ninety nine ninety nine. In rarity-wise, I say it goes 
from 8 out of 10. That's all I got. So he's playing an adult enjoyment game with his mother? Well, yes, but he, hold on, there's more, there's more. Uh, then he, then he, that's all he got, and then he does a little frown face with a tear. Uh, that is rare, of course, and no longer obtainable. She bought my sister magenta-strapped shoes for $62. In rarity-wise, 10 out of 10. Very rare. No longer obtainable. Plus, she got her a ceremonial bow wand, a really rare item that is no longer obtainable, the cost of $58. In rarity-wise, that item is 7 out of 10, and a sizzling frying pan for her, that cost $99.99. Now, my mom got an emo tour, a really nice rare pet that is no longer obtainable and cost $59.99. In rarity-wise, 9 out of 10. And got herself a rare elite pink chef shirt that cost the most of all items $150. And she got a magenta overall for minor that cost $60. And a magenta set for ninja, very rare, that cost $15.50. So what is wrong with this? Not fair at all. They only gave me less than $100 to spend and they get over loads of money to spend. She lies and says, oh, I gave stuff for these. Oh, did you she lies about everything. What can I tell her to let her know that I know what she is doing and so it can tell her off? Not too mean, though. I would like something else, too. I don't have anything. I might as well quit and sell my items online. It's pathetic and really depressing. I really wish I had some money to spend, but I don't. I have zero dollars to my name and never once went about ninety-nine ninety-nine. Well, that's a very uh, long question. Well, I, I don't know about most of the things you, you said, but uh, the reason people lie to each other is because they want something from each other. For instance, right. um, you, you might want to lie for, to your mother so that you can get money to buy these uh, things in the video game. Right. I mean, lying is definitely one way to, to get things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, you say you're going to do something that you don't actually intend to do. Yes, or you, you say you did something you didn't actually do in the past. Right. So... For example, um, if your mom is like, well, I need you to have rough cleaning. I need you to cl roughly clean the house every day. And you can say, well, oh, I, I, I roughly did that. Well, I was going to say just promise to, and then once she gives you the money, you don't have to do it. Oh, yes, and that's a lie, and then you, you get the, the thing you want. Like, for instance, you could lie and, and say, oh, no, uh, I really need this, and I only need it for a little bit amount of time. For instance, like, I, I want this thing in the game, but then I'll, my, you know, my character in the game's going to die, and I won't need it anymore, and you can just set it back on eBay. Oh, and then right. she'll just she'll just give it to you, and then your character can cannot die in the game in the game, and and you can keep using it because you already have. Is it. Is that how this game? I mean, I don't know this game, but if that's how this game works, and characters know they're going to die ahead of time, that's another thing you can do is find a character who's going to die and hook up with them to try to get all their stuff when they die. Yes, all these things are examples of lying. Well, that's not so a lie. That, that's just wise. Well, I, lots of them, lots of them are examples of lying. Right. So there's other things. I, 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 look, I understand that, but I'm saying there's an honest thing you can do too, which, which is just become like a guild mate with someone who's going to die soon who has a lot of stuff. That's not lying. That's just smart. But why would they just give you the stuff? They're going to die. Why do they keep playing the game? They're going to die. You mean someone who's actually dying and playing the game? Oh, in real life? I don't know. Is there a difference? I don't know how players die in this game. Maybe they have to be hit by a dragon or a, a monster or a, a, a knight or something. I don't know. There was a lot of stuff about frying pans. Or a frying pan. I, look, I, I don't know how it works. If your character dies in the game, I assume people can just take all your stuff off the this, dead body of the game. And if somebody dies in real life, it's probably harder to get the stuff in the game. I mean, this is a very... Yes, I'm sure it is. This is a very specific scenario about a game we don't play. So uh, you should probably just... They're lying to you because they want your stuff or something from you. So you should just lie back and get something from them. No, I think you have to be more proactive than that. More, more proactive than, than lying to get stuff. Oh, I thought you said lying back. I, I thought you meant just lie back and take things. Oh, well, I'd, I'd love you to do that, yes. I, we're not talking about me here. We're talking oh, about okay. oh, yeah, lying. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking ahead to after the, the, 
Let's move on. So here's here's one. I I can. Oh, I'm sure. Go ahead. I want a free book of Mormon, but I don't want missionaries delivering it to me unless they're attractive girls. How can I arrange this? According to this site, and there's a link to a website, missionaries will deliver it to you. But I can't specify that I want attractive female ones. I didn't know that was a thing. That sounds kind of cool. That does. I mean, what I would do. Well, first of all, you can try a bribe. You could you could write them with a comment and say, you know, I will. I would like a book of Mormon, and. I'd like to bribe you to send attractive people of whatever, you know, whatever variety you like. You know, it could be women or it could be men up for rough gay sex. Here's the thing I'm thinking about, though. All of a sudden, I just remembered, I don't think Mormons are going to be up for sex of any kind. Well, how do you think they get to be more Mormons? Uh, Mormons are up for lots of I think they only do it in marriage. Well, they, maybe these are just delivery people for the Book of Mormon. No, they you just, just said they're missionaries. Oh, that's true. Well, you have to maybe just do something sexy and make them or if you there's enough of a bribe they'll just get a so-called missionary that's actually a, a, a prostitute yeah that's actually the good that's a good answer thank you very much for helping me this is i think the best answer we've done all day it's very specific and it gets right to what they wanted and gets them exactly how they like it uh what you do is don't call up the missionary call up a prostitute say i would like you to purchase a book of mormon come to my house pretending to be a mormon who is giving me a free book of mormon give me the actual book i'll keep that but then let's play act that i you know get you away from mormonism and we have sex yes i think that's definitely the best answer to that that's actually the only thing i can think of that meets your requirements here for this this kink of yours perfect well that was a really good one yeah you're welcome whoever that was uh let's do one more all right and this one's kind of a long one and it's gonna be a little heady oh well I, that that's all right with me dear i don't know what you mean by that but all right here we go because it's a no it's a, let's it, just that's fine what does this dream mean I would like to know what my dream meant. It started out as me going to my grandma's house and knocking on her door. I went to my grandma's because I guess I was hungry. She opened the door and inside I saw my friend sitting at her dining room table. The dining room table wasn't even her dining room table that she has in real life. The whole time, I never saw her face. I can only hear what she's saying. I sit down by my friends and ate the food that suddenly appeared before me and at the same time, my friends invited me to a softball game. Sure enough, I joined. We left my grandma's for the softball field. It wasn't very long until I left with my friend back home. When we arrived, I could see through my brother's bedroom window. In real life, he keeps the curtains closed so people don't snoop in our yard and break in. In the dream, I saw my brother and my best friend, who I like a lot, that has a girlfriend, was in there with him playing along. My friend and I entered the front door and went downstairs to my bedroom. I opened the door so we could go in, and there was little spiders everywhere. I look on the wall, and I see them crawling. I look at my friend, and she says she'll sleep at home, so she leaves. I walk in my brother's room, and he is sitting by himself. My brother's not there. We start talking, and I end up on the ground with him on top of me. I kiss his shoulder, but I am unable to look at his face, like when I went to my grandma's. He kisses me, and I don't see his face, but this weird blank face and hollow eyes and a weird grin. He kisses me again, and this screen pops up saying I have to pay for something random. I hurry and pay in order to make sure he doesn't leave. Then it feels like I woke up from the dream. He isn't in the room again. I crawl out of my brother's bedroom, and my bedroom door is cracked, and the light is shining through. The spiders that I saw are in line and are traveling from my room up the stairs. I think it means you're, you're asleep. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, you had a dream. You're probably sleeping when you had it, and you're, maybe you're tired out. It happens to me if I've had a lot of sex that day or something. No, I definitely think that this person was sleeping at the time. I, I, yeah. I don't think that's what they're asking. I think they're saying, what, what does the dream mean? 
what it means, you know, sometimes when you go to sleep, you dream about things. Right, right. But, like, if I say to you, what did this story mean, you don't say, well, it means some author wrote a book. Well, that is, I mean, that, that's what it means. That well, there's that's, a story that you, that's not what it means. That's just something you can deduce from it. Is that what a meaning is? Well, that meaning is not, okay. Well, meaning is what you make of it, right? So, uh, let's just say, I think there's a little more going on here than uh, somebody's tired. You know, I think right, uh, there's a story. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not a very good story. It's a bad story. It's just, it just doesn't right. make sense. I don't know what right. happened. Right, right, right. But let's say this is a story about a woman, because I think this is a woman who wrote this, or at least a girl, one of the two. Okay, maybe, yes. Who goes to see her grandmother, goes to the softball field, goes home, sees her brother with her best friend, who's a man, has another girlfriend with her who leaves, and then uh, starts making out with her best friend in her brother's room. And then there's yes. the spiders line up and leave. And I mean, I think, you know, you could say that there's a lot of gay making out that dream. I don't think there is. Well, nope, I don't think there is. Is she making out with a best friend? No, it's a, bro- a man best friend. Well, I mean, I'm looking at it from my perspective. It's gay. Right, but that's because you're a man, but she's a woman, so for her it's straight. Um, Here's what I think is really going on. I think you're upset because you're being forced to do something you don't want to do, and you think it's in your best interest, but you're having second thoughts. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't happen to people. That does happen to people, and I think that's what's happening to her. There's got the spiders lining up, and they're going right up the stairs. I think that's pretty clear. And whatever you, you you thought it was the right good idea, but now you're having second thoughts, and it turns out you should get out of there. No, I don't think. I think this just means that you should embrace what's going on and 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 make out with that man. But he has a creepy, weird grin and hollow eyes and a weird blank face. Some people are into that. Well, I, I mean, I, I think if some was, people are. Some people are into people who uh, don't look like what most people would think is, is attractive. Well, that's fine, but I think if she was into this, she would have said, I'm, I'm so into that. Oh, it's, it's a dream. It's, it's Sometimes it's hidden in a dream. Also, there's a pop-up screen asking you to pay. See, that's the thing. You're doing it, and you're thinking, this is going to be fine. I'm making out. Uh, like, there's no cost to making out. All, all of a sudden, hidden cost. Pop-up screen. Well, that's all right. You just pay it, and then you keep doing it. Money co- solves a lot of problems. And when I have access to all of your money, it will solve a lot of my problems. Money certainly solves all problems. And, you know, all yes, when I die, you hey, all the ones that really matter. And, yeah, when I die. All right. Let me ask you this. I've yes. Got, I, I, I know I said that was the last question. Um, It's not. Hold on. Hey, uh, I'm sorry. Let me just turn the screen. I am. Sorry. Uh, oh. Click on this. So that, now don't look. I got one more question. Oh, oh yes. yes, yes. Oh. But don't look. I can't, I can't read it, though. No, don't look. I'm going to read it out loud. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Uh, it it says, uh, I married for money. Uh, and it says, um, I married someone for money, and I don't want to have sex with him, but I know he expects a lot of sex from me. I do have access to a lot of money. Is there any way I can spend the money in such a way that he's not having sex with me, but he still is happy? Yes. Yes. This is a very, this is a very easy question. I'm gl- glad this is the last Good. question. You just take all this money that you have access to. Right. And pay the person you married not to have sex with. Uh, I'm sorry. There was more to the question. You cut me off. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's a second paragraph here. It says, I and, and I can't just pay him money in order to not have sex with me because it was his money in the first place. And the only reason he's giving me access to it is because I said I would have sex with him. So maybe is there some trickiness I could pull that involves me spending the money and him having sex with but not with me? Oh, well, this is pretty straightforward then. I mean, it's just, this is somebody who doesn't have money, you know. It's a cost-benefit thing. Which do you like more? Having money 
or not having sex. So once you've decided that, the question answers itself. Well, no, but I, but I think what they're looking for is like a real sneaky plan. Like, oh, like, 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 can I, can I hire a prostitute to get reconstructive surgery to look like me and then have sex with my husband a lot? Well, that's pretty far-fetched. But I mean, I don't even think plastic surgery is not that good. You could, you couldn't even tell it was a different person. I mean, it's. And then tell my husband really really far-fetched. And then tell my husband I'm really into like blindfolded sex where he's blindfolded. I mean, you could try, but I don't think you'd get away with it. I mean, that not everybody's into that. Maybe he's not into that. I mean, I hate it, for instance. So that's not going to work then. All All right. right. Well, I mean, what? what, I mean, do you have any ideas? You're the one who is used to having money. No, I know I'm used to having money. This person doesn't have money, though. Right. But they have well, access they, to money. Right, but the, if they were going to use it, they would have to be paying the, the person that they're get, getting the money from. That's the only option you have? You just give people money to do what you want? That's all you care about? That's all you do? Well, I mean, that's usually what I do. <laughs> I mean, this person could just has to think about, well, I mean, it seems like her choices are have have sex and get money, or, or not have sex and not get the money. There's got, I mean, there's got to be a way we can help this person. This person sounds desperate. Well, I mean, that's that's really bad. You know, I, I don't know. It's a sad story. This is an advice show. It's not a consolation show. Well, if it were me, I, I mean, I like money and I like sex, so I would have the sex and, and take the money. Hang on. The problem is you're not putting yourself in this person's shoes yet. What if you lost all your money tomorrow? Somehow we're not going to die. Yes. But you lost all your money. Oh, that, that's terrible. Though. Gave it all to charity. I don't know. It's just all gone. You have no money, right? And you're not married to me. And then a very very rich woman comes up and says, well, if you marry me, you can have access to all my money. I'm going to die soon, but it involves straight sex all the time. Oh, I, j- I just do it and get the money. Right, but you don't want to have sex with her. No, but uh, then I'd get the money. Right, so is there some plan you could come up with where you don't want to have sex with her, but you still get the money? No, it wouldn't bother me that much. Oh, come on! What, what? I'm sorry, I know you don't want to think of me as having straight sex, but it would just be for the money. Darling. I'm fine with you having straight sex. You want to have sex with prostitutes who are male or female? That's great with me. It's it's nice of you to say. It's not nice. All right. I guess we got nothing. I guess we got nothing for this person. Well, that was that was the advice. I thought that was that was pretty good. Advice. Just have, have the sex. Just have the sex. Have the sex and take the money. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a, it, you know, it's still a whole plane ride. You might die on the way. So. It's, I mean, you might die on the I mean, you might die on the way. I'm not saying I... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because you're I, sick. I thought, yes, I am. I'm very, very sick. I'm dying. I, I thought you meant, in general, you might die. Well, yeah, anybody could die, but hopefully... I mean, hopefully nobody, you know. Yes, I, and I hope I, you know, I hope that I, I last for a little longer than I, I definitely was going to die so soon, you know. But you know, I, I it's sad. Yes. But I'm still going to be... All right, you know what? We'll talk about this afterwards. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Frank Advice. My name's Frank Allen. Um, Frank Frank Allen Singe. Well, okay. I mean, that's for legal only, and I'm not going to say that out loud. All right, I'll say it for you. Now. Nope. Uh, Frank, this has been Frank Allen Singe and Diogenes with Frank Advice. And I'm assuming you won't hear from him again because he's very sick. So, well, I'll say... I wish him well. I do, and it was nice knowing. It has been so far, and I'm looking forward to all the gay sex. Ah. <laughs>